Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Welcome. And to begin, we always offer our prayer to the Creator with a smudge. This is in honor of creation and the plants that we use to give hope and love and remembrance for our place here in the world. So as we burn this smudge, we speak to the Creator to offer blessing of life and of hope, the ways that we know the world and the things that we must do to help maintain the balance that we achieve here in this life for future generations. And so we know that in all these things, there is a purpose. Let us pray. Creator God, merciful one who holds us, speaks to us, abides with us in this world, in this creation, be part of our way of knowing, knowing that you are here and that we are loved we are part of this creation and we were made for a purpose. We offer our prayer for those that are in need, those that are suffering, those that are ill, and those that have lost loved ones during this time. And we remember their spirit, which is also yours. For every child here is a child of yours. We are bound to you in this creation and to one another. And so we pray that we may learn to get along, that we may learn to adapt and change and accept one another for all these things. Jesus Christ, Amen. Thank you.
this is it this is our time to find what we lost along the way maybe you got pushed off your path shut the voices up and get back to walking Pastors telling lies in the doorway. Enough with the ghosts and demons of yesterday. Enough with glass ceilings and glass houses, baby. Back to throwing stones anyway. Oh, so let's get free. Real and beautiful The way that we were always meant to be Free, real and beautiful Open up and finally Crash into the lies Like waves speeding to the shore Throw off the chains And bust open the cell doors Oh, let's get free Let's get free, yeah. This is it, this is our time To throw off the shame that was never ours The expectations that never belonged to us Light them up And we'll dance on the ashes Oh yeah Enough with imposters Telling lies in the doorway Enough with the ghosts and demons Of yesterday Enough with glass ceilings And glass houses, baby Stones anyway. Oh, so let's get free, real and beautiful. The way that we were always meant to be free, real and beautiful. Open up and finally crash into the lies and waves speeding to the shore. This is a song I wrote about, about reclaiming identity. Because there's so many external forces around us. Sometimes it's your upbringing, sometimes it's the world, sometimes it's a system that tells you who you're supposed to be. And the layers upon layers can pile up on you 
obscuring the beauty of divinity that was placed in you from the beginning. So this song is about throwing that all off, getting to the core of who you are, reclaiming your identity, reclaiming what God has placed in you that is free, that is real, that is beautiful. So let's hop back to the chorus with that in mind. Let's get free, real and beautiful The way that we were always meant to be Free, real and beautiful Open up and finally Throw off the chains Oh yeah Let's get free, real and beautiful The way that we were always meant to be Free, real and beautiful Open up and finally Crash into the lies Like waves speeding to the shore Throw off the chains and Bust open the cell doors This morning we have our scripture reading from the First Nation version of the Bible. The First Nation version of the New Testament has been uh, scrutinized by the elders and theologians from our indigenous ministries who have joined together to release this understanding of scripture for our First Nation audience. It is the first time we are reading this in this church. I'm very proud that my sister will be delivering that for us. This is the reading from the First Nations Version, and this is a reading from Acts 7, 44 to 48. Our ancestors carried the sacred tent of Creator's Peace Treaty with them during their desert wanderings. The Great Spirit gave, drawn from the water, Moses, a vision for this sacred tent and the full instructions on how to make it. When the time came to enter the land of promise, our ancestors carried this sacred te tent with them. As Creator gives freedom, Joshua led the way. The Great Spirit removed the outside nations from the land, and our ancestors took possession of it. The sacred tent remained there until the days of much-loved one, David. Creator's great kindness rested on much-loved ones, David, so he asked whether he could build a lodge for the great spirit of heel grabber, Jacob. But it was his son stands in peace, Solomon, who built a lodge for him. But the one above us all does not live in lodges built by human hands. For the prophet creator will help us, Isaiah has said, the spirit world above is my seat of honor and the earth below is a resting place for my feet. Could you build me a lodge like this? Says the great spirit. 
one in which I could rest in? Have I not formed all of these things with my own hands? Today we create space for an honoring of the resilience of the children who have passed from residential schools. And honor song is a prayer. It is a way of acknowledging and respecting those who have gone on, sung to the Creator. It's part of our remembrance. And these songs pass through generations as prayers for the people. asks, have I not formed all these things from my own hands? It is a rebuke for the following and faith of those who stand in the place of conquerors. The kings and leaders, David, Jacob, Solomon, Moses, Joshua, form the thread of thought through which we view history. Their chief action to create a tabernacle which, in which God will reside with the people. In the story, the people wandered the desert out of exile because of their lack of faith. And when Moses died, Joshua was chosen by God to succeed. He was given instruction and vision and faith and the confidence of the people. He followed in Moses' footsteps and now he stood in his stead. Joshua had the same powers, the same bearing, the same calling, 
and purpose as Moses to deliver the people to the promised land. In Moses's image, he performed the same miracle of parting the Red Sea, led the people to a new future. In the story, Joshua faced many adversaries and wars to take the lands from the Canaanites and form the inheritance of Israel. In the story, he obliterated Israel's enemies with God's help. This is the hero's story. It is the story of Yeshua, Joshua in Greek, the precursor of Jesus. In the book, Unsettling the Word, Daniel Hawk draws a parallel from the lessons of Joshua and his historic heroic battles with the Canaanites to the fierce determination of the Puritan colonists who brought in their attempt to conquer the new world. Hawk says, they saw in those who inhabited the land savage and lawless people devoid of moral sensibility and bound by Satan. The savage presence had to be erased. Only then could God's glory be settled upon the new land. Like Joshua, the Puritans made use of allies, like Rahab in the Bible, who befriended and sheltered them. The Puritans favored peaceable interaction with the more powerful tribes, but when the Pequot people resisted their incursions, the Puritan impulse of violent erasure flared up with a vengeance. Hawk says, echoing Israel's conquest at Jericho, the Puritans launched a preemptive strike against the village in the Mystic River, killing more than 500 children, women, and men. The Pequot War from 1637 to 1638 proved to be the first of many that mimicked Israel's campaigns of conquest. As the United States expanded westward, the new nation wove the conquests of indigenous people into a narrative that cast the settlers as an invincible force propelled by trans transcendent destiny blessed by God to clear the land. The biblical story of Jericho is all about Israel and all about God. Their victory, their destruction, their power and their glory, save for a brief note that Rehab and her family had lived within Israel to the present day, Hawk writes. To the present day voices the startling admission that the invaders program of erasure did not succeed. Joshua's story is historic hyperbole. The obliteration of the people was not complete and the Canaanites lived on. Today, we see this hyperbole at work in the history of indigenous people, where the Pequot people lived on, albeit in diminished capacity to the narratives of empire and conquest. Their authority and sovereignty still skewer the, native, the narrative of American hegemony and still make the conquest narrative problematic. In this, we see and know resilience. The path of resilience is complicated. It is abrupt, it is adaptative, it is pervasive. It, it abides and denies at the same time. It offers an outlet, a way, an escape from the drudgery of an overbearing narrative. The residential school children engaged in this form of escapism as they lived through torture, genocide, violence, rape, and abuse. They held onto the stories of family, stories of ancestors, stories of hope, 
that lingered along their scars as they prayed for a release from the injustices they faced. For generations, the descendants of those families have had to deal with the PTSD, mental health issues of depression, addiction, suicidality, and erasure. They have had to deal with the issues of attachment and loss, of never trusting loved ones and extended relations, of lateral violence and community dysfunction, of violence and death. And yet, as the saying goes, they persist. The resilience of hope to restore the people to healthy way of living, of healthy families and healthy communities that once were, because they once were. There is hope in that, a hope worth building toward. In the story of the hero, we see that here, and the story of an anti-hero, the one not meant to survive, being restored to the narrative and embedded into the land, we see the hope that when we are told that all is lost, a fragment, a remnant, a glimmer of hope remains that brings us back from the brink. There is much hope in this story, but its resilience is focused around the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God's servants to recognize God is eternal in all things, abiding and true. As Israelites brought their tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant, this was their abiding. But it was always within and about God. The true nature of resilience was embedded. In this hope and faith that God's love is true for us and with us, even beyond our human-made constructs that only serve our glory, we remember God's presence. In stony country, Mount Iamnathka is a land in which God resides. It is a mountain upon which God rests in our land. It is the place of God's bearing. The mountain is an eternal symbol that outlives us all. We did not construct it, but we know it is God's place of presence where we feel the presence of God and its mystery abides with a gentle confidence and knowing that reassures us that we are children of that great mystery, belonging and called into being in its ebbs and flows that meet the test of creation. May it always be so. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.